We weren't recording that all the time. Told you, two bottle podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Season's greetings from the messengers. Hello. I am John Finnerty. And I am Chris Searles. And we want to welcome you on this lovely almost Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you're using your sultry voice right now. Yeah. I thought it would maybe It's like your late gain, night gain a few listeners. Late night radio host personality voice. You know it. And I do that because this is a very important topic we want to cover today. We want to talk about holiday marketing tips. And I really want to know what you do as a business owner yourself uh, and how you help your clients really navigate. Me personally? You? Me? Yeah. What do you do to help your overall brand, your company's brand, as well as your clients really stand out in this really busy, busy time. Um, so, you know, I'm going to kick that over to you and let's get a, let's get into it. So, you know, for us individually, it's actually one of the bigger, uh, from a, a, the standpoint of how much work and effort we put into it, it's one of the bigger marketing pieces that we do in the year from uh, a quantity standpoint and, and, and how many we actually send out and, and what we're doing. It's actually one of the smaller pieces that we do every year, but that's kind of by design. So we always do our, you know, our kind of big holiday promotion. So we're, you know, a B2B business. So it's not, we're not selling consumer products. I'm not worried about somebody, you know, doing holiday shopping and, and, you know, that we're going to do all kinds of extra business in December just because it happens to be, you know, the holidays, but, um, it's, really an excuse for us. We do a holiday card is, is our big kind of marketing element. And it sounds kind of weird, right? It's not like, it's certainly not a sales pitch, uh, but that's what I like most about it. And that's what I think a lot of our clients like most about it is it's one of the few times of the year that we can send out something that is, it's a touch point. It's a communications piece. Um, but it's not a sales pitch. It's, it's a reason for us to get in touch with somebody other than, you know, asking for business or, or, you know, trying to get something out out of them. So for us, that's really nice. It's really important. It also allows us to kind of showcase our creativity. So we do something different every year. I mean, we've done from, yeah, you're looking around, uh, looking around the room right now. We have our holiday cards hanging up in our conference room over the years. Um, nice variety. Yeah. We've done everything from, you know, full illustrations of, you know, caricatures of every employee in Santa's village, you know, illustrated on a card and all that kind of stuff to different creative concepts. So we actually did a couple of years ago. As we were starting to do more in video and more in social media, we kind of tied our, we did like a photo shoot with, in full dress, full costume. Uh, we videotaped the whole thing as like, and did a behind the scenes video and and cut a, a behind the scenes, you know, the making of our holiday card video together and put that up on YouTube and shared that on social media. And then we, you know, did the card and, and had it just kind of a really kind of unique take on, so everybody was in, we had Santa costumes and elves and, you know, the the whole nine yards. We actually worked with one of the, the local theaters that we do a lot of business with and used their costume department and did the whole thing on their stage and, um, you know, really found a different way just to kind of stand out a little bit. And for us, 
it, like I said, it's a touch point. It's something different that not everybody else is doing. It allows us to showcase creativity. Uh, at the same time, it allows us to kind of get our personality out there. So that's, there's a little humor involved a lot of times. Uh, sometimes it's a little weird. It's a little different, you know, but that's who we are as a business. It really allows us to kind of communicate that message. Yeah. It's a nice personal touch. I like that because I think, uh, and you could probably help a lot of the clients that you have learn that same technique, right. And put that, put themselves out there. And, uh, from a small business standpoint, I'm sure that they're trying to compete with if they do have, uh, say, a a specific consumer-facing product that they're trying to sell, I'm sure that they're trying to compete with a lot of these big box stores uh, and, you know, the large (laughs) Amazon-type companies who are just taking taking over everything. Just Amazon? Just Amazon. (laughs) Uh, So I think that personal touch is really important (laughs) because it really helps give that nice feel and touch and really help any consumer or, and consumer meaning uh, either your clientele, so your B2B, so that's your audience and the, those are your, your clients. Uh, or if you're a B2C, a business to consumer facing uh, company or, um, uh, or sorry, consumer uh, facing um, store, you know, showing a little bit more about who you are uh, and what makes you unique, I think, really helps just drive drive that total communications messages messaging uh, more focused towards just really who the people are that they're doing business with. I think they really don't see that from you know outside that that realm when you're just trying to go in there and you have a a specific product or a specific solution or feature that you're trying to get across to them. Um, You're coming to them in a very different fashion rather than saying, you know, hey, here's this and here's, you know, what we're doing creatively and here's what we can do for you. You're taking an approach of saying, hey, you know, here's a nice little card. No... Uh, no strings attached. No strings attached. Yeah. No commitments needed. Yeah. This just is have this some is, fun with us. This is who we are, yeah. right? And just as a thank you. And I think that's the most important thing that uh, big brands and big companies and small businesses need to get that true point across of that sincerity <clears throat> to thanking their consumers, which I, the holiday season is probably the perfect time to do it. So. I mean, you tell me, you know, how you've helped some of your uh, your clients really put together a good strategy around these holiday seasons, uh, around the holiday season to to really thank consumers. Or do you help them more, you know, push product and and you know get rid of everything that's left in the in the warehouse and put it at such a discounted price just to clear all that clear all inventory out so that you can move forward to the new year? Yeah, so I mean, I think. Um, like you're talking about, it's it's very heavily dependent on what kind of business you're talking about. And I think a lot of times people look at that generic advice and it's, well, that's great, but that doesn't work for me. And that's, you know, I'm a consumer facing company and I deal with 200,000 people. You know, can I really hit every one of them or, you know, and maybe you can, maybe you can, I don't know. Um, but at the same time, you have to, you got to find some way to kind of differentiate yourself. So, uh, you got to cut through the noise. There's a lot of noise out there 
around this time of year. So you have to find a way to be different, to stand out a little bit. Um, there's a lot that you can do as a, as a local small business to kind of stand out. I'm actually a little curious from your standpoint, your take on in the big business side of things and, and large agencies, large brands, um, you know, when you're competing against everybody, you know, when you're trying to reach everybody and you're trying to reach that mass market, you know, from a small side, it's fairly easy to, to cut through that noise because whether it's local radio spots and, you know, you can do something different. You have, you, I feel like smaller businesses can be a little more creative because they can be really tailored in their messaging and, you know, they can, uh, they can look to really target people in their area, who their consumers are. Um, I, to me, it seems like that would be a little harder to do from a, from a big business standpoint. So I'm kind of curious on your take yeah. in that. And just to kind of go back real quick and, you know, for a big business who, you know, has 200,000 people that they need to reach, I think there still is some type of messaging and communications that they could put out there, right? So maybe they not, they're not sending something specifically to every one of their customers or their, you know, their, their consumer audience, but they're doing something that's just saying like, hey, you know, a every a percentage of all of the sales that we generate during the holiday season we're going to donate to a charity or uh you know we're going to give uh do a food drive or something that really is is just again saying thank you for your business and now we're going to apply it in a certain way to continue to pay it forward and to help others who uh or charities or, or others that who are in need. So I think there's really different and cool ways that big brands uh, and large companies can can handle that type of just overall holiday messaging and communications with uh, a nice a nice bundled up product that you know really helps benefit them, puts them in a a better consumer mindset and light, uh, as well as you know from an overall business standpoint, not not the main reason to do it, but you also get a nice tax benefit at the end of the day for it as well. Yeah. Well, you also get, um, you know, if you look at some of the stuff, there's a lot of, maybe it's a little less these days because brands have really caught onto it, but there is a lot of opportunity to create viral content around the holidays. Um, you know, you've seen, what was the, uh, and now I'm going to blank on the name, but the airline, um, that did that big campaign, where they had Santa Claus that came in the air to uh, to the airport, and they actually took real people. Like they set up a, um, it was a booth, it was a video camera, and one airport okay. where they were getting people's like Christmas list items, and they were they actually had like Santa Claus appearing on that, and then they actually went out and they had a crew of people ready to go to the store and buy every one of the items that people said oh, that right. they wanted. I do remember that. Was that United or was no? Nah, it was a Southwest. smaller. No, nah, it was a, a smaller like regional airline. Uh, we'll look, we'll look um, that up. Yeah, and then they they, they did a follow up with it the, about a year later, but so they did that, and then they actually had people go out buy all those things. They wrapped them, and then they had them come out on the baggage claim when they landed at their destination and gave them like some people asked asked for like 50 60 inch flat screen tvs and you know and the people who didn't ask for that stuff i'm sure were kind of pissed off because they didn't know they were actually going to get it but um 
but that, you know, there is that opportunity to create unique kind of viral content because there's a, a big emotional element to WestJet. WestJet. That's what it West was. Jet. Yes. Thank that's you. That's who it is. Thank you. Uh, but there's a, there's an emotional element to the holidays, right? And, and that's something that is important, I think, to kind of try to capitalize on that you want to try to take advantage of. Um, and connect with people's emotional connection. And, you know, the, the businesses that do that best, that kind of take that holiday advertising and, and really run with it. I mean, you look at all the classic Coke spots with the polar bears and the, you know, the mama polar bear and the baby polar bear and um, stuff that actually connects with people emotionally too. And it's, you know, it's, it, there's, you don't get that opportunity throughout the rest of the year to, you know, to be able to do that kind of stuff. So, uh, I think those trying to find creative ways to, to capitalize on that is always, always works. Yeah. It's, I think with that as well as, you know, highlighting what makes you unique, right? So, and probably more important for small businesses than larger brands, right? Because there's a, a lot of aspects to, you know, help these consumers understand what makes you stand out compared to a large big box store or, you know, even any competitor in the same space. Um, so that uniqueness and highlighting that, especially around the holidays, you can do it in a very creative way uh, from, you know, maybe it's not, hey, I don't have the cheapest product or the, the cheapest pricing on, on any of my items, but I got Ah, the highest quality. I got the best customer service. We're there for you. And really highlighting that customer service standpoint of things, um, I think probably would help a lot of those small bit, small businesses a little bit more. And this is just how I compare it to from what I see in large, you know, big brands, big corporations, um, their approach around the holidays where, you know, this is the fourth quarter, right? So this is a very heavy, heavy spending period. Mm -hmm. It's, I have some brands and, you know, I had the majority of the brands that I've worked with spend about three quarters of their overall annual marketing budget and advertising budget within the last three months, two and yep. a half months of the year. And that's actually, that's an interesting point because um, one of the things that that does that I think a lot of people don't realize is once that holiday season is over, it creates a really, really large surplus of advertising mm -hmm. that now is available at a really, really discounted price. And so um, one of the things that I always look to tell people to do is buy a lot of ads in January, February, because especially from a small business standpoint, because you don't have the competition for the advertising space and you can get really good deals across the board, whether it's, you know, just knowing that you're not bidding against as many people on your digital advertising or that you're, you're advertising with a newspaper that half of the advertisers that were in in December are not in in January, probably more than a lot more than half. Uh, so there are a lot of deals that can be had from a media perspective and buying media in that first quarter of the new year that I think not, en not enough people take advantage of, which is good. Why that's what kind of creates the, the opportunity and the deals. Um, but it definitely leaves some, a lot of opportunity on the table for somebody that might not have the same marketing budget and somebody that doesn't need 
those December, November sales. Like for me, people aren't going to spend that much more money with me in December. The only reason they're going to spend money with me in December is to finalize whatever marketing push they're making to their own clients. But for the most part, that stuff's done in November and, and, you know, ready to go anyway. So there's no reason for me to compete with everybody else in December and pay however much I'd have to pay to try to reach the same people who don't really care about my message as much because they're preoccupied with whatever else is going on in their lives. And I can wait until January. January when I can get those deals. And then people still need my services. Businesses still need my services in January as much as they did in December, if not more. And I can take advantage of that. Right. But do you think that the consumers need that, that product that you're for the clients that you're helping, you know, well, for my clients is a different story. That really is for, for my business in particular, right? right. If I'm, I'm, you know, looking to, to, but gain. just overall, right. From, you know, January one and, you know, Q1 is, is January, February is kind of a, those are slow months mm-hmm. in, you know, really all businesses, everybody's kind of got the holiday hangovers. They're just getting back to work, trying to get back in the, you know, back in the workflow of things. And, um, you know, obviously the big brands and their planning cycles are set up based on those high spending times for the large retail stores, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's some brands who really do that. They, they're great. They take advantage of that kind of lull in the market and kind of the efficiencies that happen in the overall, you know, ad marketplace. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I think what I, I guess the point I was trying to, to make and the question I'm trying to ask was, you know, really where where do you help your clients in those more efficient months after post-holiday uh, get their get their messaging out to people who are going to buy and want their product or service? Yeah, so I think that, again, comes back to the right type of business and knowing who you're kind of making those recommendations to. So, you know, if, if it's a consumer products company that is, there's a reason that ad budget gets spent in those two, three months, right. For most brands, because for that particular category, consumer products, whatever that is, that's when a lot of people are buying and they're going to look to make buying decisions. So it doesn't mean that you're not that, don't do that. And, and across the board, every business should hold their advertising off until January. But for very specific types of businesses, like I said, for, for just for my business alone, right. That, that works. Like there's a, there's, there's an opportunity that I can take advantage of because December, if anything, is one of my slower months because everybody is so preoccupied with all that other stuff that, they're not worrying about the products and services really that I have to offer. It's year end for a lot of people. So it's kind of like, all right, well, we got through everything. And after the new year, that's when we'll start refocusing on, you know, our marketing, our branding, our, all that kind of stuff. So, so Chris Searles is coasting right now. <laughs> He's got nothing to do. <laughs> nothing to do. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you wish that was the case. Definitely true. Um, but you know, so so that's what it's really about is knowing who who your audience is, right? And again, you know, we've talked about it before is what is the most efficient way for you to get your message out to your audience? Mm-hmm. And my audience is not paying attention to what I have to say two weeks before Christmas. They're just not. But right after the new year, 
that's when they're refocused and they're really starting to think about, okay, how am I going to attack this new year? What am I going to do? And how am I going to grow my business this year? Um, you know, and that I, I kind of wanted to, to, uh, loop back on something that you touched on a couple times, which is discounts. Yeah. Holiday discounts, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, one of the things that I always try to push on the small business side is don't give anything away for free because you talked about it, right? Amazon is a monster, mm-hmm. right? And there's a certain point at which you just, you're not going to win. Like you can't out Walmart, Walmart. You just can't do it. So you, I see a lot of small businesses that look and they say, okay, well, you know, on Black Friday, I need to discount my products to the point where I'm losing money. Sure. You know, because that's the only way I can compete. It's the only way that I can even get anybody in my store. Um, And that can be an okay strategy as long as you're getting something for that. And what I always tell people is, you know, look, if you're if you're going to put that out there and you're going to say the only way you get this deal is by being on our mailing list, on our email list or following us on social media, you know, getting something out of that so that later, you know, three months later, six months later, or even next year at this time, now you can actually market to that same audience, to that person, to that buyer. That's basically like buying a lead Mm -hmm. at that point, but get something out of it. Don't just discount so heavily because you feel like you have to compete with Amazon or, or whatever the case is that you don't get any value out of. Right. You're not trying to get that one-time buyer. You want that legacy buyer. You want that somebody who's going to really enjoy your product or service. And that's going to continue to buy from, from you, you know, year over year, month over month, uh, you know, whatever the product may be. Um, but it's a good point because, um, something I actually wanted to touch on was, uh, repetition, Repetition, I think, is key mm-hmm. in this holiday marketing marketing period and this this you know heavy, noisy, cluttered arena of the holidays. That uh, being very repetitious with your messaging, with whatever that messaging may be, and whatever your communication goal may be, um, just have that constant voice and you know really getting your your overall your brand identity out there and secured so that when the holidays are over, you're, that's still standing and that still exists, right? So you made a really good point on the email and remarketable, uh, uh, driving remarketable uh, information and data that you can reach back out on and follow up with and give people more information on and continue to curate that, that audience and that, uh, that consumer to the point where, you know, they, trust you, they value you, they know exactly what you stand for. And it doesn't matter whether or not there's a 50% off, 75% off, you're giving away some for free. They have that consumer who knows exactly who they are, where they stand and what they're all about. So I think, you know, it's, it's probably really key. Now I want to also, I want to talk a little bit, you, you use the word remarketable and mm-hmm. remarketing and, um, you know, it actually came up. I think actually just this morning with a, um, or, or yesterday, it was a meeting I had this week with a potential client where we were talking about some 
opportunities that they were missing out on and, and some, you know, some of the things that we would do for them if we kind of took over their marketing and their advertising. And, um, and I started talking about remarketing and no idea what that meant. And I, I tend to find that in the small business world, um, that that is pretty common, that sure. a lot of small businesses don't even know a, that that's even a word, um, or what it means. And, and then, you know, how to actually do that, you know, what the actual steps are to, to be able to do that. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know, you know, through Google AdWords, through Facebook, um, you know, you can remarket to anybody. I mean, we get somebody on your website, as soon as they're on your website, they get tagged, they get a cookie on it in their browser. Um, and now for the next six weeks, they're going to see one of your ads every day. Um, you know, for, for as long as we feel like we want to show it to them before we decide, Hey, look, this is not a viable consumer and this is not somebody that's going to buy, or they actually make a purchase decision. Yeah. Um, and I, I, what I tend to find is a lot of brands don't do that well, even when they do it. Because when I first, whenever I start talking to small businesses about that, they, they right away, the first thing they say is, that's why I've been getting ads for this one random thing I Googled three weeks ago. And, you know, it just follows me around and it's so annoying. Um, so I want you to explain frequency capping to people who have no idea what that is and why it exists. Yeah. So frequency capping is, is it's very important, right? Because it takes that obnoxiousness out of remarketing and really frequency caps is the amount of times that an ad is served to you within a certain time frame. So if a frequency cap is, let's say, four per 24, that's four ads that you're going to be served from that advertiser or that brand within 24 hour period. So frequency capping with remarketing is very, very important because most people just constantly see whatever they looked at or whatever they were getting information at, whether it's on Amazon, whether it was in Google, it's following them everywhere they go whenever they're browsing online. So the best way I would say to not overcome, and there's a lot of different products out there for how you can do remarketing and how you can do remarketing well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of different opinions and guidelines on how the best practices of remarketing. I find, I I found and find that, you know, really if you take remarketing out of it and you really do a good deep dive into the audience that you have and what their buying cycles are outside of them looking at a product and not knowing, listen, if I need something or if you need something and primarily everybody else who would be listening to this, if they need a product or service, the first place that they're going to go to look for it is Amazon, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to find that product. Maybe you're going to then put it into Google and see, okay, yeah, I got a few other places. Price compare, look for different reviews. Yeah, get reviews on it. You're going to do a little bit of homework, right? Are you ready to buy it at that particular moment? Uh, no, because if you were, you would have just went to Amazon, saw what you were looking for, wanted, uh, looking for what you wanted, ordered it, and then you would have gotten it within two days if you had Prime. So, who doesn't have Amazon Prime? Oh, apparently, a lot of. <laughs> so, I think you know, taking that out uh, away from it and kind of a little bit of a 
you know, shameless plug with a, a product that my company currently has. It identifies the intent based on public social media posts of somebody expressing a want or a need about or around topics that are highly relevant to brands. So um, podcasting, right? So we were looking for microphones for this podcast. You did a bunch of research on it, right? You probably ended up going back to Amazon to buy these. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know that I ever left Amazon. So, <laughs> so to my point, right, if you went on and you publicly said something on Twitter and tweeted out, hey, you know, starting a new podcast with my buddy in the market for microphones, who's got the best, you know, who's got the best options out there? Please help. Right. So if it's not Amazon or if it... It's not going to be Amazon, but if it's going to be a particular microphone brand or somebody who specializes in audio equipment or even a mom and pop store, they can message you directly back and kind of fill that need and fill that void for you for the time that you were in market and needed something rather than you just kind of going on and looking at the stuff and then maybe a week or two later, you know, so... Brands, those ads brands can do all the time. yeah brands can do and yeah you know things aren't following around so brands can do unique very unique ways of advertising and reaching consumers on that one emotional level because it's based on a need or a uh, sentiment based on what you've expressed on social media uh, and two I think there's that one to one level of communication between brands that I think is missing when they're just constantly remarketing people, Mm -hmm. right? And this kind of closes out that whole remarketing loop and we'll move on. But remarketing is just, it's, it's just a A lot of times it's annoying. Well, and a lot of times I think that's because of the way that it's done because it can be done really well. Right. I mean, you can build, but it takes time. Right. And a lot of people just don't want to put the time into doing it. Well, you know, you can build really, really specific remarketing lists Mm -hmm. to know, you know, to, to really delve into, look, this is this really niche consumer that I'm targeting here. And, and, you know, based on what they've bought from me in the past. And, you know, I'm lumping out of my 2 million customers, I'm lumping them into groups of, you know, 5,000. That's how specific we're going to get. Right. Um, you know, and and really going to, going to, going to do a good job of targeting a message to that group, you know, and if they did that, it wouldn't be annoying because they'd be able to really kind of hyper target something that's of interest to that group. But when all you're doing is saying, well, I searched for those shoes one day because I was kind of curious about them. And now the same store has been trying to sell me the same shoes for four weeks every day, every day. Like, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't need to see that anymore. And, you know, but again, you know, it goes to what the overall and how you tailor your communications and your messaging to these users, right? So remarketing can be done in a very good and highly functional way that definitely drives results. Um, But kind of rounding it back to a little bit more on uh, the holiday and getting in the holiday spirit, what um, one of the things I think I thought was really cool is that I've seen small businesses do is more is less of the, Hey, you know, we're having a sale on black Friday, cyber Monday, or, you know, 
couple days before Christmas or whenever those sale, that whole really holiday sales period is, I've seen them do more experiential things, right? So driving people in and, you know, doing something that's more of a, you know, offering an event that they're having in their store that's, you know, let's say gingerbread, you know, cookie designing or I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, just a number of different wine and cheese pairings from the local wine store and the local cheese store and, and, you know, kind of finding ways to do that. I think, and I don't know, this is just me and thinking about it today, obviously with the topic of the show, uh, I thought that was kind of something that could be really, really cool and interesting that I think a lot of the big brands can really learn from. And I'm not saying that big brands don't do this or they, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of them that do it and they probably do it really well. But those, even those midsize and small businesses, I think could really push forward and really get some really cool, unique experiences in their store, getting people in to just enjoy whatever they have, whatever event that they have to offer. And then it just, they're surrounded by whatever the product or service is that they're trying to get the consumers to, to buy and, and, gain interest about. And it's a good point, right? Because when you think about what we were talking about, right? How do you compete with Amazon? Right? And mm-hmm. that experience, that in-store experience is the biggest problem anybody has with se- selling anything online is is there is no in-store experience anymore, which a lot of times is a good thing. I mean, for me, that's where I do all my holiday shopping because I hate I I mean there's nothing I hate more than dealing with the crowds and the traffic sure. and the, I mean, it's just, it's awful to me. But if Toys R Us had a little, you know, mommy or daddy spot, or let's say, you know, a cooler of beer over in the corner <laughs> <laughs> where all the dads are hanging out, right? Uh-huh. You probably would be- Make a night of it. Yeah. You'd probably be but more, that's, uh, more willing to go and, and shop. And, you store. know, there's a, it, it's a great point because it really is a way you could differentiate yourself. I mean, it's, I mean, think about it, right? That's where, where mall Santa's came from in the first place. It's a right. way to get people, people into in. the mall. Yeah. And then once they're there, then they're going to browse around and they're going to look, you know? So from a, you know, now that, that malls are kind of going the way of the Dodo to, you know, arguably, um, you know, but, but I, I still see kind of a resurgence in main street, Right as as Main Street businesses start to evolve, um, and decide that they're not gonna, they no longer can be the the convenience store, the five and dime, because they're not gonna compete with the CVSs right. of the world and the Targets of the world and the WalMarts of the world. But now that they're doing different things, like. Um, you know, local olive oil stores that specialize in just these ridiculously different and interesting and unique olive oils that Mm -hmm. you're never going to get 99% of those choices at any other store you go to, but that's a way to be different. And to, you know, but to pair that then with, with offering some sort of a unique experience for that time. So again, I go, I always go back to like that wine and cheese pairing idea of, you know, if you run a local wine store, why not bring in food tastings and food pairings and why not do that? You know, all that kind of stuff is stuff that you can do to be different. That's going to drive somebody into your store versus, you know, they can't taste that product when they buy it online. So there's that they just can't get that experience. So, you know, giving them a way to get that experience or, or, you know, an experience that they're lacking somewhere else is definitely a way that you can compete with 
big time online retail. Yeah, I think it's good, man. I think this is uh, pretty solid. Um, overall, you know, I think the holiday marketing tips and the general message that I think we're getting across here is that you got to be fun. You got to be creative with your messaging. Be creative for sure. And drive people who wouldn't have come into your store otherwise with some cool and unique experiences and and plan ahead and plan definitely ahead, plan, plan ahead, ahead plan ahead i just had yeah. somebody here we are you know a month away from christmas and just had somebody talk to me about how they want us to to come up with a concept and execute a concept for a holiday card for themselves and at this point Hey, you're a little behind the eight ball. It's uh, it's going to be a struggle to get yeah, anything that's the, worthwhile. Miss the window a little so. bit. But one thing that's that's what the brands, big brands and big corporations do well, is that they do plan ahead for it. But rightfully so for maybe small business, they're involved with so many other things operationally, getting their, getting everything together. Probably for at least you know, the holidays and getting products on shelves and being able to fulfill all orders that they get. So they get kind of a pass, but you shouldn't be late on thinking about it in August or at least, you know, September, the latest. It's actually one of the big bummers of being in the marketing and advertising industries. You're always living like three, four months ahead of reality. So what come May and June, you're already planning your end of summer stuff and here is summer just started it's one of my least favorite things all right right, cool well i'm john finnerty i'm chris searles we are the The messengers. messengers